Now batting for the sports animal. Your afternoon drive. Number two, Menon, Van Nunley, and Fred Slow. And in the on-deck circle, Robert Buck D. Gibson. This is Two Men On with Van Nunley and Fred Slow. Hey, yo. Welcome to the program, Duke City. It's your boy Van Nunley on the other side of the glass, one Robert Buck D. Gibson. And you're listening to Two Men On on 95.9 FM and AM 610, The Sports Animal. The Sports Animal, the premier radio station for all of your hot takes. Sports and or sports adjacent content. And, buddy, do we have one for you today. Before we get started, though. Okay, okay. okay. How are you feeling? That's important. You know, Robert, thank you for asking. I guess I'll just preview the show later. Let's make this about... <laughs> as always, let's, I, let's, I know, let's I know make how you this are. about me. I know how you are. Come make, on now. Make it about me a little bit. I'm okay with that. Uh, I'm better. I'm better. I am... Um, Friend of the show, loyal listener, you might have missed me yesterday. You might not have, depending on your ranking of favorites of the three members of Two Men On. I know three members of Two Men On is confusing. But right when I got back from the Super Bowl, my body quit on me. Straight up quit. I went way too hard for way too long. I was at, what, a three to four hour a day sleep deficit, eight straight days of debauchery, and... uh Eight straight days of really hard work. That's, That's what people don't realize. They see the pictures. They see the videos. They see the smiles. They see the, They hear the laughter. But they didn't see that 5.30 in the morning grogginess. No. <laughs> and then we racked together another 12-hour day, then a 12-hour yeah. day. But anyways, I got back. My body quit on me. I was able to power through Monday and do our Super Bowl recap. And then like 30 minutes before the show started, my face started tingling. I started sneezing, got a headache, got lightheaded. And then uh, it's been 48 hours of a disaster uh, in my bedroom and bathroom. But thank you for asking. I'm doing yeah, so much better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm doing so much better with the help of caffeine and cold medicine. Are oh, you a, man, are, you, you're yipped up then. Oh, my God. <laughs> you're yipped up. Robert, I am <laughs> so yacked out right now. <laughs> Basically, I'm the guy talking to himself at the bus stop. Right oh, now. well, you fit right in then. I'm like grooving and dancing to myself. There ain't no music. There's music in my head, and I'm still talking. It's it's getting weird over here. If you want to fit in, just go to the bus stop on Central in Wyoming. You're you're straight. Well, uh, if I make it through the program. And by the way, <laughs> we got a collapse program today, four to six, as we uh, pass it over to Lady Lobo's basketball. They've been playing oh, some good. Yeah. Hoops. It doesn't matter how good of the hoops they play. We're rooting for them, but it's you always know you're going to get quality content and a quality game call from the Sports Animals' very own J.J. Buck. We're going to hand it over, pass it over to him when this program's over. we got a hot two hours coming your way. So I don't know how this is going to work, Robert. Usually when I get sick, I'm a vitamin C, green chili, hot toddy, sweat it out, go for a run kind of guy. Yeah. I just power through it. 
I use my uh, superior will and intellect, if you will, mm-hmm. to uh, power through these problems that I have. But today, I was like, man, we got three out of the members of this fantastic program, two men on, on the Sports Animal. And uh, they need your boy. The friends of the show need your boy. They need the A game. Yeah. And so when I need to, much like 90s and early 2000 baseball players, when I got to bring my A game, I do drugs. (laughs) So (laughs) right now... Your boy is jacked up on cold medication and caffeine, and I am flying high. I don't know if you could tell, but my cadence is a tiny bit faster right now. I'm kind of like, yeah, uh, yeah. That's that's another reason why I asked, how were you feeling? I'm feeling so good, Robert. <laughs> I'm feeling so good. <laughs> so usually, yeah, like I said, like I'm usually like. Boom, vitamin C pill. Boom, like like a middle little emergency drink. Uh, non-paid sponsor of the pro- program emergency. Yeah. 505-246-0610. If you want us to hawk your drugs, slip slide uh, into our text line or give Robert a call on the other side of the glass right now. But I'm feeling fantastic. I'm, I think I'm finally understanding why these cold meds are locked up. In most Walgreens and CVSs. Why is that? Walmarts. Why is that? Because I am fling-flanging jacked right now, brother. <laughs> you know, in the early in his early 20s, your boy Van did a little experimentation. Dibble-dabble. That's I, what I call it. I little, little, little dibble-dabbling. Dipped my toe in, if you will. Okay. And I haven't had this feeling in a long time, <laughs> Robert. Man, you, you got me on to <laughs> catch what you got. Please do not. You're not a caffeine guy. Not at all. No. I'm a, I'm I'm a, a natural raw dog life. <laughs> just, out here, just out here raw dog and life. <laughs> yeah, it, it feels fantastic. And I know I'm going to fall off a cliff soon, but hopefully it'll be about 6.01 when we're off of this fantastic show right here on the Sports Animal. Got a banger of a program today. Um, I'm going to have to... Have a come-to-Jesus meeting with C.J. Chavez of Evolve Strong because you know the boys are getting strong with Evolve Strong as Van is in the Rise of the Phoenix program. I was a good boy for the most part during the Super Bowl in Phoenix, but I got to have a little confession with our dude. That's going to happen here in a couple segments. And uh, this is a big one for us, and this is a big one for you, Robert Buck D. Gibson, Chargers super fan, NFL legend. First round pick in everybody's fantasy league. Better be. Stud running back. RB1. And fantastic human being. Austin Eckler of the Los Angeles Chargers joins us at 5 o'clock. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, you were there how that all transpired. You, you were, Do you remember? I do. Yeah, it, it was kind of, it was cool. It was cool. It, 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 it was fast moving. And next thing you know, he agreed to. Call, call into the show. He's like, I saw the boys on Radio Row. I saw the boys at the Super Bowl parties. I saw the boys at the Lee Steinberg party. Yeah. I saw the boys at the Sports Illustrated party. You know what? This is a sign. We got to be friends. So we're going to be welcoming new friend of the show, Austin Eckler, to the program. You know, I mentioned how flinging, flinging I am right now on caffeine and cold meds. But I think part of it might be the anxiety and frustration and a little bit of PTSD of what I went through opening the packages. 
Yeah, you gotta be you gotta be like Buff Bagwell now to open these packages. <laughs> Let me see what which one are you talking about? Because I have my own personal one that I hate, but I have to buy it quite often. So it's just the classic. I'm gonna use a different company, but let's say it's the Dayquil and Nyquil example. The two little pills in the silver package, and it's got the super thick plastic on it. Yeah, and you gotta rip it in half. Then you gotta peel apart the foil, and then by the time, because you're sick and you're shaking, and you know you need the meds, and the meds are right in there, and they made it about as hard as you can to get into, and you finally get you finally get that little piece of plastic just torn just enough to reach in there and grab the pill, and by the time you get that far, momentum takes over, and wham, you got pills all over the place. Now you got to go on the ground and find the pills, and I'm assuming most people with colds probably got their cold from a kid and now you can't just leave cold medication on the floor you got to crawl around like a crackhead and find your cold medication on the floor so your kid doesn't crawl around and eat your cold <laughs> medication and then here you are frustrated as all get out and you got little little micro tears little micro cuts all over your fingers from getting in this psychopathic packaging for whatever reason they want to give to sick people it drove me insane but now that I got it in my system, it's all better. <laughs> <laughs> so you got some beef with some packaging, too? Uh, one. One in particular. Okay. So my favorite deodorant, the only deodorant that I ever buy is Degree. Okay. But I never buy them in the one stick. I get the double stick. Not, our, not our new friends at Old Spice. No, no, no. I can't, I can't do the Old Spice. Okay. You're gonna about to be a brand ambassador in a couple weeks. Well, so if they pay on. me right, I will smell like <laughs> Old Spice from the rooter to the tooter. <laughs> so, man, I go to anywhere I go. I never get the one stick. I get the two stick because the two stick is a better value than the one stick, if that makes sense. They have this these two deodorant stick wrapped up mummified in the most hard, I don't know if it's plastic or whatever. It's a new hybrid. Something where it you can't use your fingers, you can't use your teeth. You have to find a utensil to saw it off. And then when you when you start it, you can't touch it with your hand because it'll cut your finger off. For sure. I got little micro cuts all over my fingers from the cold medicine packaging. I'm like, why does Degree deodorant need to be Fort Knox like this? What What's your method? Do you go in with your teeth? No, yeah, I, I don't know because you, I you, messed around. You flick it. You flick it on your vampire tooth. No, nah, I did that one time and almost filleted off one of my gums. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just take the scissors now. I take the not the regular scissors. You do you know you've seen the cooking scissors where where you like cook cut chicken with the scissors sure sure i use those because they're way like <laughs> more too. yeah it's heavy duty <laughs> they're strong enough they're yeah strong, they're strong enough to cut through chicken bone yeah but they, <laughs> but they can barely get to a degree wrapper i'm 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 like pressing it and shaking at the same time well here's the problem whenever i need to open a package and i go and reach for my scissors my scissors are gone so i have to go get a new pair of scissors and what kind of packaging is the scissor in it's like it's the it's the hulked out version of these exact same cold medication packaging. It's just like that, but it's all Barry bonded out on roids. So now I can't open my scissors to open my cold medication package. Right. So here I am like a maniac trying to rip into it. It's a scary turn of events. I'm glad I made it out. It's 
the, you know I love documentaries, right? They need to do a documentary on packaging. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to know why they feel like they have to package everything so airtight. Like you have to have a combination lock or something. Like it, it's not that serious. I don't often buy the name brands, and I didn't today with this cold med- unnamed cold medication, but it's the exact same size. It's the exact same pill coating. It's the exact same ingredients. It's the exact same packaging. It's just got a different label on the outside of the box. I have a theory, Robert. Okay. We've had the same cold medication since I was a teenager, and that's we're creeping up on 30 years since I've been a teenager. I think they did the same thing with cold medication that they did with candy corn. They just made oh my gosh. one giant batch <laughs> like 40 years ago. And they're not going to change the recipe until we eat all of this garbage or we take all this cold medication. Because I think there's got to be better recipes, right? There's got to be a better recipe for candy corn. There's got to be a better recipe for cold medication. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Like, okay, when, when I was a kid, you know what my grandmother used to give us? And it was the worst tasting stuff ever. You ever heard of cod liver oil? Oh, of course. Man. Yeah. But now, when I okay, when I try to do what you're doing, when you're saying the cop, the the medicine tastes nasty, yeah. I think back to that. Yes, old days was way worse than what it is now. Yeah, but still, it's not good. That's why I try to do everything pill form. Pill form is my thing. I don't have to taste anything. I swallow it. That's it. I try not to do the elixirs and syrups and ah, just for the reason what you said. So in the ever-living world of TMI right now, let me tell you. Yeah. uh, I just turned 41 on Super Bowl Sunday. And I am from the generation when I was a youth. Youth. I went from. Youth. Youth. I went from suppositories to being able to drink your medication. I don't know if you live. (laughs) I I don't know if you live through that trauma. But, like, when I'm taking medication now, and sure, I'll complain all day about the packaging. Yeah. But I get to have a little glass of water, take a little sip, and that pill goes right down my gullet, right into my tum-tum, and it makes me feel better. I have never, ever in life experienced a suppository. Oh, my God. You must have been the healthiest baby in the history of the world. Never. Or or, or I was knocked out and didn't remember it. (laughs) Okay, there's that, too. And then I went from, like, the suppository medication age to, like, Ew, this is supposed to taste like cherry, and it doesn't taste like cherry. Like, why are you you're complaining about a thing? Yeah. They're trying to make better. They're actively trying to make better. <laughs> now it tastes fantastic. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. It's killed a bunch of rappers since then. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> And, and, it, and it makes Lil Wayne look the way he looks. Oh, my goodness. That's the only gremlin that made it past midnight. Hell of a program today. We're talking sports from here on out. No more cold meds and van being cracked out. NFL talk when we get back. You're listening to Two Men On, 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports amp. Welcome back to Two Men On. 95.9 FM, AM 610, The Sports Animal. Your boy's still flinging, flanging. Too much caffeine, too much cold meds. But I'm here for you. 
I am powering through it for you, friend of the show. And I'm going to power through this segment because not a lot of athletes have broken my heart like one Brett Favre. As oh. A, as a Packers fan. Oh. I don't, a, why did I forget about this aspect? That what? he? No, that you're a huge Green Bay Packer fan. Correct. Okay. My, my fandom for the Packers is not anywhere close to my fandom for the Astros. But I've loved the Packers since I was like 11, 12 years old maybe. I don't even know the exact date. Whenever the date that the Oilers left Houston, I've loved the Packers since then. I've been a fan since then. And I've been an apologist since then too. The way my heart got ripped out when I found out my 2017 Astros were cheaters. The way my heart got ripped out that the giant pile of uh, refuse and detritus Warren Moon when he refused to talk to a little eight-year-old boy and uh, everything I'm learning about Brett Favre, it's like equal (laughs) from the text line. Van, I'm 42 and I don't remember suppositories. Think you just had a twisted doctor with a weird sense of humor. I was going down the same route because I'm 44, a little older, and I was like, eh. "What are what are the statute of limitations? <laughs> Should I, I join a class action lawsuit with a bunch of kids from Houston 40 years ago? Never in my life have I experienced it. 35 years ago? Oh man! All right, five zero five two four six zero six ten. Are you 35 to 45? Do you remember suppositories? Did somebody take your temperature in your BH? This is the show for you. Let's vent. Brett Favre broke my heart. Because, yeah, we knew he was a little rough around the edges. All right, thank you, justified friend of the show, Joel Oeveno. He has also been a victim of suppositories. There's more of us out there. I see a pattern between you and Joel, though. Okay, well, you're not. <laughs> I've met Joel. <laughs> You, a few times. <laughs> you're not you're not wrong. <laughs> Brett Favre, uh, way bigger pile of garbage than Warren Moon. Broke my heart. Like he growing up, I was like, okay, we have different political views, and that's okay. Most Americans do. We can't see eye to eye on everything. But what I do love is the way he goes out there, he plays his heart, he follows his heart, and he leaves everything on the field every single game. Seems like a fun guy. I just want to go out there and play football. You know, play football. 52 of my best friends. That's a cool dude. But as more and more information comes out on this dirtbag of a human, the dependence on medications, hit it from his teammates and trainers, blah, 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 set a bad precedent for the youth of America that looked up to him, that medication was the way for him to deal with his pain. Not a good look. Leaves town. We got the uh, unasked for, unsolicited wiener picks. That's gross. Oh, gosh. A lot of other complaints along those lines. You know, most recently, stealing from poor people in his home state to build a nicer gym for his daughter to play volleyball. That's, That's so disgusting, man. Like, it's so many layers to this. It's all because, okay. I'm going to say Brett Favre is well off. He he should be living comfortable. You're from a state which is one of the poorest in the country, and you're taking from the poorest people from one of the poorest states. 
Yes. That oh, yes. man, that's that's all bad. You're not st- you're not starting a foundation and getting donations from rich donors to improve the lives of young student athletes. You go about it that way, go crazy. Yeah. I'm in your corner. You lie to the government and steal from poor people to build a volleyball stadium? Mm. Come on. Come on. And then not only that, and again, this is all alleged for now, but the writing's on the wall. All the evidence is there. The paper trail is there. The text history is there. The dude's guilty. He's guilty. And he tried to lie about it and cover it up. Well, I, I never knew that uh, it, was, it was coming from government funds, from Medicaid. Yeah. In the text thread, it says, I'm not going to be linked to this, am I? My name is going to be clear, right? <laughs> Come on, man. You got caught up in the street game. Busted. Now you got to make the apology tour. You got to right your wrongs. You got to help all the people you hurt. You got to make up for all the wrong that you did. Am I um, tripping? Didn't some politicians get in trouble for this? A uh, lot. A lot, right? A lot. And a lot. Um, Ex-governor, current they, governor. Yeah, and they were buddy-buddy yes. with Brett Favre. Yes. They're the ones who gave him the idea or it was like a collaborative effort, right? And there's receipt after receipt yeah. after receipt of all of this. Yeah. So he's going to be guilty in one way or another. You know how the rich and powerful, the connected, you know, they get slaps on the hands for this kind of thing. But he did it. And then just like we're doing it right now, just like we're talking about it right now, a lot of other news outlets talked about it right now. One of them being Pat McAfee, who except for, what, Joe Rogan, except for what, My Favorite Murder, has one of the biggest podcasts in the world. Yeah, he's up there. the biggest sports podcast. Oh, yeah. There's no probably to it. He is. He's the man. He's the man. And so Brett Favre is trying to have a cease and desist, and he's suing him for slander and libel when there is receipt after receipt after receipt for what he did. And today, Brett Favre's lawyer goes out and he says, this lawsuit is going to bankrupt Pat McAfee. How? 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 For How, Sway? For telling the <laughs> truth? <laughs> for telling the truth. That was a great Houseway reference. I love that a lot. You can't be sued for libel when you're telling the truth. You can't be sued for slander when you have receipts of everything you're talking about. We got all kinds of CYA right here. I'm saying allegedly. Hasn't been proven in a court of law. Maybe the texts were fabricated. Maybe all the money being shifted around that's being proven to shift around. Maybe it's all photoshopped. Maybe I'm just being fooled by someone who's just... Out to get Brett Favre. No, you're a pile of garbage. You deserve all the retribution. And instead of saying you're not guilty, instead of trying to blame other people for this, go on your apology tour. Go help people. Use your power to help people instead of hurting people. Yeah. I'm sick of it. Well, no one is getting in trouble for this. Pat McAfee, anyone who talked about this. Well, and then they're saying, well, he's going too far in criticizing the alleged involvement. No, you're not going too far. This is reporting on what is in the news, which is something the mainstream news was not doing, and they saw the, you know, the, how far Pat McAfee spreads. That's what that's what happened. Yes. Because if you remember, Pat McAfee and a few other people were like, 
okay, we're talking about this, but what about Brett Favre over here? Sure. Why are we not talking about this situation? So once it came to the masses from outlets like Pat McAfee, then there's an issue. I need to I need to sue you. No, they're giving us the information that we're not getting from the mainstream for the longest because this isn't new. This is an old story. This is a super old story. And also Pat McAfee is buddy-buddy with Brett Favre's understudy, Aaron Rodgers. Ah, uh, now nah, I didn't put that together. Pat McAfee makes... Oh! McAfee makes Rodgers go over on basically every horrible decision Yo, he's made throughout his career. I didn't think about that. I, I didn't even put those two together until just now when you said that. Like, you see a dude with your ex, and the dude is, like, younger and better looking and more successful, and... That's what Brett Favre is doing to Aaron Rodgers and Pat McAfee right now. But if you listen to Pat McAfee, he always uses the word allegedly. Sure. Allegedly. So there's, there, he's not going to go bankrupt. He's not going to lose millions. It's, this is a dumb lawsuit. I've seen the alleged text threads. I've seen the alleged yeah. wire transfers. I've seen uh, minutes from the alleged meetings. I mean, come on. Come on. It's all there. It's all there from anyone with half a brain to see. I'm reading this story, and all I'm going to say is if – Brett Favre's lawyer speaks this way, he must have gotten a public defender or something. <laughs> he did not spend top-notch money on a lawyer. Uh, this is not Matlock he's got right here. And this bro. is just its just peddling to his base. Yeah, that's what it is. Like the yeah. Favre could do no wrong people. The, yeah. Yeah, Favre on a pedestal people. I mean, this is who it's for. He's just hurt that all of this is coming out to light. Yes. That's what he's hurt about. It was cool when it was in the underbelly. Now, yeah. The masses know there's an issue. How dare you get me in trouble for this crime that I committed? You know who I am? I'm a criminal, allegedly. When we get back, I got to pay penance. Our boy CJ Chavez from Evolve Strong joins us. Uh, this dude is high energy, and I'm. every time he comes on, there's something poignant, like something just like absolutely fantastic that comes out of his gullet that we're so excited to have on you're listening to two men on 95.9 fm am 610 the sports animal welcome back to the program duke city believe it or not that's actually robert buck d gibson playing the violin right there. <laughs> man of many talents you're listening to two men on 95.9 fm am 610 the sports animal Speaking of animals, no one goes harder than our guest right now, friend of the show, owner-operator, head trainer at Evolve Strong, C.J. Chavez. What's happening, my dude? Hello, gentlemen. How the heck are you? Good. Good. I feel like I'm going to wake up tomorrow morning and be back to myself that I was the day before I left for the Super Bowl. C.J., your boy went hard. I kind of feel like <laughs> I mostly took care of myself. But I work hard, I played hard, ate some good food, exercised. But the second I got back, my body just quit on me. I immediately got sick. So my first question for you, what is your advice for somebody who's a regular exerciser, who's trying to get that regularity in their diet and in their fitness program, and they get a little bug? What advice do you give to them? You know, I, I'm a little hardcore. Uh, sure. The body... That's a little bit of a loaded question as well. I, I uh, first off, I'm not an MD, but you know, just with my 25 years of experience, I know that 
if I if it gets into the lungs, you got to chill out a little bit. But Boom. I find that if you get into that hot room and you're moving and you're doing it in a point where it's um, you're not pushing yourself too hard, I do believe movement and that exploratorium with the with the lungs and like just getting things going, sweating it out. There's something to that saying of sweating it out. Now, too, though, but if you're going to be doing it in front of everybody else, you got to be careful not to be giving the bug away to those guys either. So you, it, it's a little bit of a loaded question. But I, I'm one that moves anyways. But I'm a little, like you say, I'm a little hardcore. Okay, thank you. So I am justified. You should fill yourself with caffeine and cold meds and go to the gym. <laughs> thank you for justifying. There you go, sir. Thank you for justifying my choices. CJ Chavez, owner-operator, head trainer at Evolve Strong. Uh your boy tomorrow feels like he's ready to turn it up to 11 and get back on track for the Rise of the Phoenix. But the Rise of the Phoenix isn't the only thing you guys got going on. Tell us a little a bit about Shred, uh, the 28-day sculpt, and, of course, uh, the Rise of the Phoenix. Yeah, so, you know, like I said earlier, I, you know, I have 25 years in this business. I'm kind of one of the old dogs in this industry, one of kind of the, the last standing, honestly, when I first started and, uh, you know, I've kind of perfected my craft. So, you know, these 28 days, it, it really does just get your spin wheel started. Oh, and um, my job is to get you that 10 pounds and 5 inches off within those 28 days. That's the average that I see if someone is following our programs. And we use real food. We use real, you know, like like I, I'm the first one to say that if it's Super Bowl, drink the damn beer and eat the wings and celebrate. But right after that uh, Super Bowl, make sure that you reduce your calories and get back on the wagon and start working out again, right? So it's all about balance. So, um, you know, it's not about a pill or an elixir. You know, you see all these things about pills and these things that are going on now, but you're not taking care of the root cause of the, of the problems. And once you get off of those, you balloon right back up. But also, too, you know, you could be a very skinny unhealthy as well. So, hmm. you know, real movement, nothing that's going to kill you. I haven't killed anybody, you know, yet knocking on wood here <laughs> in 25 years. But real, real consistent movement that's planned and you're held accountable and being cognizant about what you eat. Um, it's pretty simple, I mean, and I don't make anything complex. And anybody else out there that tries to change your entire diet and tries to tell you that you got to do this and do that, and it's a, it's a legal list of, of that, walk away. You know, all it takes is just dedication and consistency of movement and just producing your calories and being accountable. How do you um, approach men like myself who don't really know the difference between, oh, I got to lift weights and then, you know, the cardio or the movement? How do you decipher between that for someone like me who's really ignorant to that? So, you know, that's the reason why you have a coach. And if you do need, if you are seeking knowledge, there's, there's three things that we offer as trainers. Um, and that's our knowledge, accountability, and a kick-ass workout. Those are the three things that we do. There's, there's no magic behind this. But what happens is, is when you come on in based on your age, based on your desired outcomes, based on what you're trying to achieve in the time frame that you're doing it, that is when we actually get down and we add your starting points, your beginning measurements. That's always something that is critical because you need to know where you're coming from before you know where you're going. And you need to actually understand both. So, you know, we have pretty good protocols to where we bring you in and we map it out from point A to point Z. Um, it's kind of like hiring a travel agent who's been there and done that. And, you know, if you're just going blind, you're going to be, you know, stuck in a cab somewhere not knowing where you're going, right? So 
we as trainers, like for yourself, sir, if you come on in, we're going to take those baseline measurements. We're going to understand your circumference. We're going to understand your weight, your your body composition, your percentage fat. And then we're going to actually see, take a little bit of tests. We may do some physical tests, like can you actually walk on a treadmill without, uh, for one minute without, you know, bending over and throwing up, right? Or can you do a full squat? Are your knees okay? You know, do you have range of motion? We have a lot of different things that we do that we look at. And then what we do from there, we get those baseline measurements, and then we create a plan. So some individuals who are lifting really, really well, you know, they may be lacking in flexibility, and they may be lacking in cardiovascular. Whereas I don't know your situation, some individuals may be really heavy runners, but yet, you know, they're getting some atrophy in their upper body, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, they're, they're getting different kinds of pains and aches and they can't get up, you know. So we actually have to look at the entire body as a system. So it's a loaded question, but if you come in and you're with a good trainer, we're going to really look and analyze your entire body and then together based on, you know, and, you know, I hate to say this, it is an investment in you, but I believe it's the best investment you can make because this is the only body based on the budget and time frame and your desired outcomes, we develop that plan. You know, CJ, you mentioned your staff and your your coaches and your trainers, but you do so much more than that. And what I really really appreciate is having people from from different worlds, you know, you know, exercise, diet, nutrition, and like basically bordering life coaches, right? Because you keep accountable, you you hold a schedule. Can you can you compliment and give some high fives to the amazing staff you have there at Evolve Strong? You know, I've Evolve has now been around for 10 years, and um, I think good people congregate together. You know, the birds of a yeah, feather. Yeah. And, you know, like I, like I said earlier, we're not about magic overnight. We're not about quick fixes. We're not about fads here. We're about real protocols, real food, real motivation. And what has happened is we've become a community of about 50 individuals here from, you know, Nancy McKinnon, who is our doctor of physical therapy, who handles a lot of different issues of, you know, female hips, you know, male knees, you know, just different things like that. But we're also like the gladiators there. And then Christine Coleman, a licensed nutritionist, you know, she's the first to promote that when you have a birthday, eat the damn birthday cake, right? right. Um, but on the other hand, throughout the rest of the week, moderation make sure that you're getting a good protein to fat to carbohydrate and make sure you're eating the right carbohydrates then we have you know uh, exercise physiologists with cody who actually like i just told you earlier that if you're a really special case meaning a scientist to look at you and analyze you know he's here and then we have professional athletes who have now dedicated retired professional athletes that have now dedicated their lives to inspiring individuals, normal people, you know, to be just like them and to look like them. You know, now they're on the training floor. We have yoga specialists. We have stretch specialists. Um, we have meditation specialists. So it's uh, it's really cool, the gamut that runs here. We're not just that we are, we have never been a gym of equipment or facility. We are a gym of people, and we're united in fitness. And it's just, it's a cool, really, really cool, kind of quirky, just family-style place. And, you know, when people, you know, they, they give lip service to, to no judgment or no, you know, all accepting, we, we truly are all accepting. Because you have an 85-year-old woman working out next to a, a 22-year-old um, you know, national volleyball player, right? That's on the UNM team. So it's it's just really cool to, to have all those. CJ Chavez, evolvestrong.com, evolvestrong. 
is the main number. You can just pop in and there'll be somebody there knowledgeable and helpful to take care of you. 3201 Candelaria Road, Northeast, Albuquerque, New Mexico, 87107. Robert, I don't mind telling you that, you know, we've done Rise of the Phoenix this year. and We've done Sober October the past three years. But even before Evolve Strong was a partner of the program, uh, we know we do some cool stuff in the community as well. Mm-hmm. I will sing at the top of the Sandias how amazing CJ and his crew is. So this isn't just some paid advertisement right. that we're getting paid to read this or be friends with CJ. I honestly and wholeheartedly endorse Evolve Strong Fitness and CJ Chavez. CJ, love having you on. Love the motivation. You make me want to be better. You make me want to take care of myself better. I'm really excited for my progress throughout these next couple months. Anything to leave the friend of the show with before we let you go? You know, just keep trucking, guys. This is the only body we got. And if you need a little bit of help, you know, we stand ready to assist. Never any push you be here. Just, you know, we stand ready. This is what our passion is all about. And we, we appreciate those kind words, sir. Thank you. CJ Chavez, Evolve Strong. Thanks for being a friend, and thanks for being a friend of the show. When we get all back. Right, have a good day, Bye-bye. When we get back, should we eliminate the tush play? Should we eliminate the rugby scrum? It seems like a cheat code, and I'm going to give you my two cents. More two men on on 95.9 FM and AM 610. The sports. Van Nunley, Robert Buck, D. Gibson, having a lot of fun with it. Uh, 50 minutes has already flown by. That's crazy. And it is 10 short minutes until Austin Eckler of the L.A. Chargers joins us. Really stoked about our new friendship in between Austin Eckler and this program. He's a good-looking dude. So I'm, a little behind-the-scenes stuff. I'm getting, uh, if you're joining us on StreamYard, on Facebook Live or YouTube Live, I'm getting ready his picture. His smile is so engaging. <laughs> I can't even pay attention to doing my job right now. I was wondering what you were looking at. Yes, chill out, Van. you got a program. Gotta be, gotta host two men on on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. You're over there mesmerized. You were swimming in the dreamy eyes yes, of Austin Eckler. Because we gotta, we gotta keep it football and football adjacent related. I can't talk about like, so what's your, what, do, what kind of skin products do you use? Like, how do you, <laughs> how do you keep that glow, Austin? So the NFL Competition Committee is looking to get away with the tush push. And I didn't know that's what it was called. I was just calling it a rugby scrum. Isn't that a country line dance? A tush push? It sounds like it. I don't know. I'm just making it up. Is that what you do after you have a little bit of chicken fried? And a cold beer on a Friday night? A tush push. And a tush push and it feels just right. Oh, I don't like this. And we converted first down. I wasn't saying that about your song. I, I don't like what the NFL is trying to do. No, both. We could do both. They're both horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should get rid of it. I think it's cheating. I think it's a cheat code. I think it's sweet that these teams started doing it because I don't know why they haven't been doing it the whole time. Why haven't you been doing this the whole time? Well, because there's been a lot of quarterbacks – that are not sturdy enough to hold up to this. Excellent point. That's what it is. Now Excellent we have point. a new evolution of quarterback where it's like, hey, that's a free 
whatever it's fourth and one, maybe two. That's free yardage. Peyton Manning played like three years on half a neck. Yeah. He can't push that guy around. Tom Brady was known for his uh, quarterback sneaks, but he wasn't known for the tush push, which they don't even push in the butt. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know why they call it that. It's sprinkle too sexual for me. Like, where where does the tush come from? They're pushing their shoulders and back. Um, Friend of the show, Joel says, the bush push, USC versus Notre Dame, made it famous. Very true. And it was controversial when they did that. But I won't say that they made it famous because a lot of people still don't do it universally. Right. This is why we split from rugby a friggin' hundred years ago. If we, wanted, if we wanted to play rugby, we'd play rugby. Wait a minute. So you're against the play. I am against the play. What? Look, I, I, applaud, no. I applaud these coaches for finally figuring this out, which they should have. From the chat, hang, <laughs> hanging on since the first segment. Tush push. Come on, man. Get over the suppository thing. Age, <laughs> look. That's funny. AG, you get the show. That's awesome. We, we appreciate you, brother. Look, this is why we split from rugby years and years ago. This is why we invented the forward pass. This is why we created a whole new game because this is just rugby. And apparently I just learned it is uh, a rugby mall, not a rugby scrum, but I'm close enough. So I'm going with rugby scrum because <laughs> no one knows what the other one is. So, hey, good for you. You got a strong, sturdy quarterback. You can have some super strong dudes behind him, push him that extra yard. But look, it's a cheat code. No, no, no. Why don't they just do this every play? This is what... If it, if it can get you three yards every play, you do it four times in a row, you get a first down every four plays, and this turns it into another game. It's do, dumb. Do not give any teams any ideas. Um, Dude, that's, yeah. that's exactly what the 49ers should have did once their quarterbacks went down. Correct. Correct. That's With bad Christian, coaching on the 49ers. Christian McCaffrey every play. He, yes. Yeah. Bill Belichick. If they, if they don't outlaw this next year, then we're – we're definitely gonna we're gonna push push every single third and fourth down. Yeah, as you should, as you should. There's nothing in the rule books, and for them to try to change it now makes no sense because play defense, play defense, stop it. I I am not for it. Good good for whatever coaches jumped onto it and used this cheat code for the last couple years. I've seen it. I mean, it's the Eagles perfected it this year. But the, this has been happening for a couple years now. This isn't brand new. This just didn't happen during the Super Bowl the first time. But good. You found a loophole, coach. That's what you're supposed to do. Now the NFL competition committee has to go through it. Cause Did it win them the game, though? That's why. Okay. I can understand if they're just unbeatable. They still lost. Oh, sure. Sure, sure, sure. I'm, I'm looking at the numbers here. Let's, you know, because the Eagles, Jalen Hurts converted 36 of 40 quarterback sneaks this season. Six of his 10 rushing first downs in the Super Bowl came via quarterback sneaks. So it's not 100%. It can be stopped. It's can you stop it? You know what? We should, we should ask somebody about this, this issue, Robert. And I'll tell you what, let's do that right when we get back. Right. 
And we're going to ask L.A. Charger Austin Eckler how he feels about this. I think I know what he's going to say. And all kinds of <laughs> the opposite of whatever I say. Which he's is, a running back. He wants the ball. Exactly. Give it to me. You're listening to Two Men On, 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports animal. One hour in the books. One more to go. That's some little funky disco beats you got there, Robert. Uh, I, I, I didn't choose that. Now. I, Don't put that on me. That's exactly, I just pressed the button, okay? That's exactly what I was about to say. That is not a Robert Buck D. Gibson beat right there. You listen to Two Men On. 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports animal. We got a new friend of the show here, boys. Friends of the show go crazy. We saw you, the Super Bowl radio row last year, Super Bowl radio row this year, tons of Super Bowl parties. We decided, hey, it's time to be friends. Yeah. Welcome to the program, RB1 from the L.A. Chargers, Austin Eckler. What's up, my dude? What's going on? Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Our pleasure. So, first off, uh, last segment, we're talking about the tush push, the <laughs> the rugby scrum. I think it's a fourth and one cheat code. What are your thoughts on this? Is just just the way play is evolving, or is this a cheat code that we got to get rid of and move on? Uh man. <laughs> Man, I, I think it's definitely something that's going have to have to stay because I think there's too much gray area whether you're pushing someone or not. or because you know, But if an offensive lineman gets stacked behind another one and they're just trying to push forward, you know, it's like, like I mean, it's just a football play, right? We're, we're trying to block and move them back, and we're trying, they're trying to not get blocked and move us back, right? So I think it comes down to the ultimate football play, honestly. Okay, Austin, I told you, I told you uh, this past week, I am the biggest Charger fan in Albuquerque and maybe in New Mexico. So this is a great honor to talk to you once again. I've got to get right into the team, okay? Offensive coordinator, Joe Lombardi, you told me you scored 40 touchdowns in two seasons. Now you have brand new, fresh from the Cowboys, Kellen Moore. How do you feel about that? Do you think the offense will be more potent or how do you feel about it? Well, I mean, I guess that's the goal, right? Like, you, usually when you try to hire someone, you know, you're trying to get some – or when you fire someone, you're, you're like, not satisfied or want to change um, maybe of the chemistry or whatever it was, right? Or maybe someone had changed your heart. So you're trying to find someone who's at least up to that same standard or hopefully better, right? Um, and so, you know, it comes down to, you know, us getting into camp and OTAs and being around each other. But until then, we don't really know. Um, but, you know, have some – somewhat of an optimistic outlook, you know, where we have a lot of weapons on our offense that we can utilize to, to go out there and make some plays. So I think it's going to be hard to mess up what we have going on out there um, as the Chargers. Austin, so many prestigious awards that NFL honors bestows, MVP, comeback player of the year, Walter Payton man of the year. But in my book, brother, you got the real, real. As you were named Nickelodeon's MVP. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. How does it feel to be an absolute legend? You know, look, I will take recognition wherever it is. Yes. You know, like, I, I, have, I know I'm humbled. Like, I, I really appreciate it. But, I, you know, I got to be honest, I, I haven't been keeping up with the past MVPs or what the <laughs> credentials are to get in. So, 
Um, I thank I thank them for the award, and I will take it. Um, but uh, I'm not really sure that one came, kind of came in out of left field for me. It was, it's you and Joe Burrow. That's all, that's all I know. <laughs> so that's that's elite company right there, my dude. We are on uh-huh. air live with running back one of the L.A. Chargers, Austin Eckler, right here on Two Man On. I'm going to go to friends of the show. They have a question for you, Austin. Shout out to Chris. He wants to know, outside of yourself, who are you taking with the number one overall pick uh. in fantasy football next season? Oh, good question. But, um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely going to take myself if I can. Oh. But besides myself, who am I picking? Um, you know, Christian's coming back looking good, right? Dynamic, right. you know, probably um, the best running back in the, the league when healthy, in my opinion, just of what he brings to the table um, of just the dual threat. Obviously, we said not me. Um, I would take myself if I could. Um, but, yeah, Christian, if say he's not there, all right, who else are we going to? We got some, we got some young running backs that are coming up, too, that I really like. Um uh, the, who's the guy for, um, oh, shoot, the Seahawks? Is it Walker? Oh, yeah. Ooh, yes. Yeah, that guy's a stud, man. And he, he's just a pivotal part of that offense. So I think uh, Walker could be a, a pick as well, potentially. Um, that That's maybe not as mainstream, but that I could see popping off next year. Austin, every year you got more receptions than a Lake Tahoe wedding chapel. <laughs> is, is this something that is this something that you've always prided your game on or something you developed throughout the years? You know, for me, really it's been how am I able to take on a role and then expand within that? And what does that mean? Um, it's actually transferable to anything that you're doing in life. Really, it's okay, what are my responsibilities? Let me do that as well as I possibly can to be consistent with my performance and my output. And then in doing that, right, I'm going to get other things that are put on my plate. Okay, he can handle this. Let's try this. And then when you do those things over and over again, you start to gain trust within organization, within people, um, within yourself. You start to gain confidence. And as you continue to build that, right, everyone goes at their own pace. Um, I've been able to really accelerate that process, and that's how I've been able to – become into this role of, hey, I can run, I can catch, you're at early in my career as a play special teams, I can do it all. Um, and so really that's been my philosophy and been my mindset all the way up into this point and continues to be, um, is continue to embrace my role, be consistent, and then try to build on it through that consistency that I show. Austin, speaking of mindsets, I hate to pull the scab off of this wound, but I have <laughs> to go. ask you, does the loss that the Jaguars game brought to you guys after being up so big, what does that do to the team? Are you guys galvanized behind that? Does, is it fuel going into next season? I know it sounds cliche, but it's not like every day we get to talk to you guys. So I need, I need to know, how much did that hurt and how much does that fuel you going into the next season? Oh, yeah, it still hurts, man. It still hurts. Um, just, you know, especially when I was at the Super Bowl, right? And that, that stuff pisses you off. It was like, man, we were up 27 to zero. Oh, man. Um, and we, and we lost the game, man. Um, you know, we would have had an opportunity to, right, continue to progress our, our playoff run. But, you know, we, we dropped the ball big time, and, you know, probably one of the bigger, you know, or not the biggest, um, playoff deficit, you know, given up, you know, it ever. So my mindset is I'm bringing all that energy with me to this training camp, to OTAs. I'm not letting anyone that was there forget about it. And then also letting these new guys that are coming in, let them know how we feel. And that, let them know that we have the potential to get back there. And then we, what we have is the potential to continue to keep going because that was unacceptable. Right. Um, unacceptable for all of us, right? We all had a hand in that. 
um, coaches and players involved. And so we got we got some more to prove for sure. Trust me, I hurt too. Even though I wasn't on the field, I hurt because I was on record on the show on the on on, on FM radio. I picked my team for the first time ever to go to the Super Bowl. True. So I was mm-hmm. very hurt. I, I was with y'all. Don't trip. I was with y'all. Um, I got one more question for you, though. This is a question I love to ask all the players. I've never asked this about to a running back, though. Give me the one player in the league that hits you so hard where you're like, okay, I'm in the NFL. This is how they hit. Give me the one player where you got that first big hit to make you – Open your eyes and be like, okay, they hitting like the big boys. Uh, shoot, I think I think it was Reuben Foster, I believe his name was. Um, mm. He played – who was he playing for? I think the 49ers at the time or something like that. Um, and I remember he hit me so hard, he tackled me and his team at the same time. And I, I, <laughs> I was on the ground, and I, like, sat, sat up, and I was just kind of like, whoa. Like, what just happened? Um and that dude was fast, physical, and big all at the same time. And so, yeah, that dude knocked me and his own teammate out at the same time. But he, he when you get guys like that, right, your ball, tur- your body turns into a wrecking ball. Yeah. And um, you know, it's, it's hard to play a long time playing like playing like that. Austin, what was it like when uh, I, I don't know how you heard it first, but when you look at your phone or your homie calls you and you're like, "Hey, we got a new OC, and he's one of the best in the business." How excited are you for working with Kellen Moore, and how do you think you guys' game fit each other? Yeah, um, you know, it, it's really hard to tell because I've never met this man. I, we've had a brief phone call just to introduce ourselves, and that was it. But, you know, I don't know how your physical presence is around me. Like, there's something to be said about, you know, chemistry and, you know, just, you know, his values that I'll, I'll get it more into as he's around us. I'm around him. You know, how he likes to coach. You know, um, how he's utilizing, you know, our offensive weapons because it's obviously different than what he's had, you know, at Dallas. And so how is he going to be able to adjust? How are we going to be able to adjust, right? We're going to have rookies that are coming in. So there's this, there's this big period of time um, during the preseason and, you know, OTA before we start regular season where we need to get acclimated to each other, our play styles, personalities, how we're going to work. And so until we really get into that, I can't really say how it's going to go. Right, like on paper, sure, it looks like it should work out really well. But we all know paper doesn't play football. Boom, we got to right. go out there and actually do it. So, um, time will tell. Okay, so you're in the deepest division in football, the AFC West. You got you got new coaches coming in. You got you got coaches that's won Super Bowls. You're you're in the the same division as the Super Bowl champions. What do you and the Chargers have to do? to get over those humps, to be the premier team, not just in the division, but the AFC as a whole? Great question. I'm taking notes. Yeah, man, I'll tell you, too, <laughs> it's, it's actually very simple. Like It's, it's extremely simple, mm-hmm. but it's not easy, right? It's not easy. Simple doesn't always mean easy. And it comes down to, to one word that you keep hearing me say, it's consistency. Right. Like, you have to be consistent. Like, why did the Chiefs win the Super Bowl? Because they were consistently – scoring points, right, consistently moving the ball down the field, consistently getting stops on defense and doing enough. They, you know, obviously got the turnover um, and scored on defense in the Super Bowl. Like, they're doing the things that they need to do right at a consistent basis. And whoever is that team is going to have the best chance to win. What did we not do very well this year? It was consistency, right? And why? Well, there's a lot of different reasons. There could be injuries. There could be lack of talent. There could be lack of skill. 
schematics, right? There's all of these factors that play into why a team is good and why they're not. Usually it comes down to consistency, and that's all over the place as far as what you can put a finger on that. And so that's what it comes down for us as the Chargers this year. We got to stay healthy. Yes. That's number one. We yes. got to stay healthy. I get it. You know, it's a part of the game, but that's going to be a huge part of your game. When we have all of our $20 million guys, $25 million guys out, I think we had a hundred and something million dollars of cap space on the IR at one time this year. Like that's going to put a deficit in your consistency. Yes. And so really it comes down to us finding that rhythm, finding that groove and being able to hold on to that as long as we possibly can. Austin Eckler, I got one more question for you before we let you go. But first, how do the Friends of Show follow you online? How do they follow you in the community? How do they keep track of what you got going on? Yeah, man. Um, you know, you can follow me on, on Instagram, you know, uh, Twitter at Austin Eckler. Um, and, man, we got a lot of projects going on. Uh, I just launched an app. I am building another weight room through my foundation for uh, Long Beach Poly High School. Mm. Um, also have a series following my peak physique uh, transition during this off season. So a bunch of content, a bunch of great things, the community, ways to connect. So, yeah, definitely tap into my socials, and you'll see all that there. Before we let you go, and we're going to be covering this next segment, so friends of the show, hang with us. Does Jalen Hurts deserve the MVP in the losing effort in the Super Bowl? Uh, I believe so. Um, just mm. as far as what the actual you know, impact of him on his team was, yes. uh, I think it was very significant compared to anyone else. Um, like He was the most valuable player. Um, there was just, I think the biggest gap was from Jalen to anyone else as far as their impact on the team. Um, but that's just what my opinion is. So. There you go. Austin Eckler. Spoke, spoken like someone who truly hates the Chiefs. Austin Eckler. No problem. Thank Our, you. Your RB1 for the L.A. Chargers. Thanks for being a new friend. Thanks for being a friend of the show. When we get back, we're talking about the exact issue. Does Jalen Hurts deserve the MVP in a losing effort? You're listening to Two Men On, 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports animal. Oh, yeah. I like this one. Def Leppard. It's Warrant. If it's not labeled, I have no clue. Motley, <laughs> and, it's, and it's not labeled. Motley Crue. Are you hitting that, though? Theory, what's this song? <laughs> Big thanks to RB1, the L.A. Chargers, Austin Eckler joining us. I think that's uh, the beginning of a budding friendship there. Oh, yeah. Austin Eckler's a dude. And we lo- I'd love to have him back and talk a little more about what he does in the community and everything else that he's involved in. He's, he's just an absolute dude. Welcome back to Two Men On, 95.9 FM, AM 610, The Sports Animal. Almost always, and this is almost, almost always, the Super Bowl MVP Mm -hmm. comes from the winning team. Yeah. Obviously. You had an impact on your team, impact on the game. That's how you got your team to win. You're the biggest contributor for the winning team. I think they got it wrong, Robert. I have to agree with you. I think they got it wrong. Jalen Hurts put on an absolute clinic 
of what it's like to be a modern NFL quarterback. Over 300 yards passing, over 70 yards rushing, touchdown after touchdown, through the air, on the ground. Tied, tied the record for most rushing touchdowns in the Super Bowl. Yeah. With three. Three. And that's counting running backs. Yes. We're not talking about quarterbacks. He's a dude, and he did it better than only one person, Robert, for going by fantasy points. Mm-hmm. Only one person has ever outperformed Jalen Hurts, and that's Steve Young when he beat the ever-living hell out of your Chargers. Yeah, Steve Young just just passed for another touchdown in that Super Bowl. <laughs> and went for two. <laughs> <laughs> but a performance like that, you have to honor him. You do. Um, I was on Twitter. I was looking on Twitter to see if anybody was talking about this. The first one I had saw was uh, Fred's favorite quarterback of all time, Kurt Warner. He was the first person that I saw tweet about it. So, yeah, it's been a great game, but this may be the second time the MVP of the Super Bowl is going to come from the losing team, which should have been Jalen Hurts because he by far was the best player on the field. Without him, Philly gets ran. I I do believe that. So I thought it was just one dude, Chuck Howley in Super Bowl V, who Mm -hmm. put on an absolute clinic in Super Bowl V. Yeah. But this was the time. This year was the year to do it again. Because Jalen Hurts outplayed everyone on that field. If I would have told you Jalen Hurts would have had more passing yards than Patrick Mahomes before the Super Bowl, you would have said I was crazy. Sure. And he did it by a lot. What if I would have told you? (laughs) (laughs) On today's 30 for 30. Oh, <laughs> Jalen Hurts get hosed. Okay, so and then just put it like this: Player A, which which player, if if you saw the score of the game, right, just to end the score of the game, and I told you this: Player A, three hundred and four passing yards, one passing touchdown, seventy rushing yards, three rushing touchdowns, or Player B, one hundred and eighty-two passing yards. Three passing touchdowns, 44 rushing yards. Who are you picking, player A or player B? I would ask you, which one is the spokesperson for State Farm? And then I would say, well, <laughs> since we're playing in State Farm Stadium, that will be the player. <laughs> Dude, he outplayed everybody on that field. By far. Look, okay, Tom Brady's 500-yard passing game, Kurt Warner's game. There's a lot of fantastic performances by quarterbacks in the 57 years that there have been Super Bowls. Yes. As far as straight performances, this is the second best one of all time. He deserved the MVP, and he was straight up robbed. I mean, Patrick Mahomes wasn't even the MVP of his own team. No. Not at all. No. No. And I think we have either a Jalen Hurts hater or a Patrick Mahomes lover online. Guy, I hope you disagree with me. Because if you do, you're wrong. You're wrong. Jalen Hurts is that dude. And he cemented himself as, you know, the, the way the Eagles' offenses run, he doesn't get a lot of those chances to shine like that, to throw for over 300 yards, to put the team on his back. The Eagles are so conservative that he doesn't get to shine like that very often. But he got that chance to shine in the Super Bowl, 
and shut all of his haters up immediately. Yes. Who do we got with us, Robert? We have caller Vince on the line. Vince, welcome to the program. Hey, fellas. Thanks a lot. Love your show. Hey, to give uh, give you some more perspective, uh, Chuck Halley was a linebacker. Right. Mm. And he, he won the MVP. So imagine how hard it is as a linebacker to affect the game right. that much. But getting back to the quarterback discussion, uh, I, re- I think the thing that really kind of stood in the way of Jalen Hurts getting it was that fumble. Because number one thing as a quarterback is to not turn the ball over. And he gave them seven points. Very and true. for all the passing yards and rushing yards, you know, that seven points you come back off the board. And, you know, he kind of lost it for them in that regard. But he won it for them the whole game. But that one fumble was, a, you know, they walked it in and, and it was a touchdown. So that's the number one thing the quarterback's supposed to do is take care of the ball. But love your show. Thanks, guys. I appreciate the call. That's a hot take. And I agree with him completely. If it wasn't for that fumble, you know, maybe the Eagles. I mean, there's a lot of plays throughout the course of a game. I put put it more on the defense not stopping the Chiefs at all after halftime. Well, I blame it on whoever put that ball out right before that play when Jalen Hurts fumbled because I went back and looked at the tape, and it was definitely Jake from State Farm. (laughs) So... (laughs) He got he got a bunch of coconut oil. Oh, he put some or he put some like invisible uh, Nickelodeon <laughs> slime on it. <laughs> he lubed that ball up with coconut oil, and he had that rag around it and set it down. And then Jalen Hurts had his only turnover, and uh, let, State let, Farm spokesperson wins in State Farm Stadium. Hypothetically speaking, say he does win the Super Bowl MVP. How awkward is it? That he comes on the podium yes. to get the to get the trophy, and that's why they don't do that's it. That's why they don't do it. I mean, there's been some performances throughout the years where you're like, uh, he kind of had the best game out of anybody, but he's on the losing team. Let's not make it weird for him. <laughs> and Terry Bradshaw is like, oh, and by the way, uh, let's hear from your Super Bowl MVP, Jalen Hurts, and he's like <laughs> pushing through the Chiefs to get up. On- <laughs> fly Eagles, fly. He would have been booed. You know how much. <laughs> individual performance. How loud he would have been booed. Oh, dude, would have been nuts. <laughs> he deserved it. He was robbed, even with the fumble. And, yeah, and you, you're right. The fumble, that... Oh, we'll put it this way. Even if he didn't fumble and they still lost, he wouldn't have won the MVP. All right. I got my I-9 varsity right here. And we'll What's do it. We'll do it right when we get back. And it's losers who deserve to win. And I already got one in mind. Oh, man, I'm going to think about this one. You do it. You make it your own. You do it however you want. Next, we're doing our I-9 varsity of losers who deserved to win. You're listening to Two Men On, 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports animal. Welcome back to the program, Duke City. Van Nunley. Absent Fred Slow. And, of course, Robert Buck D. Gibson. You listen to Two Men On, 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports animal. Are you prepared for this? Should we put it off? No, let, let's go. <laughs> let's run. Yeah, we don't. I dropped. We, off the top of the head. Let's I get did, it. I did drop it on you really fast. Off the top of the head. Let's go. All right, let's roll. Today's I-9 Varsity. If you don't know what the I-9 Varsity is, random Randomly throughout the show, we'll just grab a topic out of air that we were discussing. And we're talking about how Jalen Hurts deserved to win the MVP. So I just got losers who deserved to win. Yes. 
By the way, if you don't know what I-9 Sports does, you got a kid who's interested in sports, interested in a hobby, they can support your kid, keep them safe. They're the best in the business. I-9sports.com, Office 280, League Office 280 at I-9sports.com, or you can get Primal and just call them on your telephone, 505-312-4999. You going to go first or me? I'll go first because this one bothers me. Okay. I'm going to go with Steven Spielberg's The Color Purple. Okay. Nominated for 11 Academy Awards, 1985. Didn't win any of them. And to me, that's one of my greatest movies of all time. They didn't win anything. They are my number one biggest losers that should have won. Hold on. The Color Purple didn't win a single one? Not a one. You didn't know that, did you? They were nominated for 11 Academy Awards. Didn't win anything. I just assumed that they won a handful because that movie is fantastic. Nothing. You know what? I was going to go in a different order, but since you went Oscar snubs, Mm -hmm. I'm going to do my Oscar snub. Okay. Movie came out in 2002. Absolutely fantastic. Martin Scorsese's masterpiece. You know, he Martin Scorsese, look, Martin Scorsese, he's got a bunch of masterpieces. But this one is my favorite as it talks about five points in New York City. And my favorite villain in the history of cinema, Bill the Butcher. Oh, that's, I. Right. now two, you're talking. In 2003, the gangs of New York were snubbed for an Oscar by the musical Chicago. <laughs> Chicago. Chicago was hot garbage. Yes. It, it was, was it was trash. Hot garbage. I would rather have little shop of horrors <laughs> over Chicago. <laughs> Chicago, hey look, I'm not hating on musicals. I'm a fan of cinema. Musicals are an important part of that. Chicago was garbage. You people are idiots. They paid off the Academy of Motion Pictures. Gangs of New York should have won. I still think it's Scorsese's mm-hmm. best work. Okay, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to sports. Okay, and I remember I didn't watch this live because it was it happened in Tokyo, Japan, February the 11th, 1990, when Mike Tyson got beat by James Buster Douglas. What people famously remember is when Buster Douglas in the late rounds knocked Tyson to the mat, and Tyson was looking for his mouthpiece. It got counted out. But if you didn't watch. The fight, you don't know that earlier, I believe it was the second round, Mike Tyson literally knocked out Buster Douglas, had a 10 count, yep, and yep. they allowed the fight to continue. Yep. Mike Tyson should have never lost that fight, and I was crushed as a kid. I was 12 years old. I was crushed. If Mike Tyson doesn't lose that fight, he never goes down that downward spiral. Yes. He doesn't do any of the weird stuff that he's done after that. He retires undefeated, the undisputed best boxer of all time. Yes. He knew what he was doing. He knew that he didn't practice. He knew he didn't prepare for the fight. He was over there partying. Yes. Oh, that one That one bothers me to this day. I will also do sports. Okay. And I'm going to do NASCAR, brother. Okay. Living in the shadows of Ricky Bobby. Cal Naughton Jr. was the superior race car driver. Cal Naughton, the magic man, Jr., should have taken that leap. 
But you know about consumerism, capitalism. You got to sell commercials. And let's be honest, Cal Naughton isn't the looker that Ricky Bobby was. Mm. So his racing company, Denton Racing, kept him down, turned him into a perpetual silver medalist. <sighs> so the losers who deserve to be winners, next to last on my list, uh. is Cal, the magic man, Naughton Jr. All right, so I'm going to go to my childhood on this one. This, okay. one, this is my last one. Please it, don't take mine. It gets no better or worse than this. I was devastated when I became an adult and figured this out. I don't know. I don't remember how. Wild E. Coyote. Okay, here we go. Wild E. Coyote. <laughs> I, love I love this. Versus Roadrunner. And I know okay. where I'm at. We're in Albuquerque. We're in New Mexico. I understand. Uh -huh, uh -huh, the state bird. Uh -huh. But it's been all a lie my entire life. I thought the Roadrunner was so much more faster than than Wile E. Coyote because that's how they drew him on the screen in the yep. cartoons. Yep. Oh, but then there's a thing that called that's called Google that came along, and I found out that the Roadrunner's top speed is just 20 miles an hour, while a coyote can run as fast as 43 miles an hour. My childhood is ruined. <laughs> Second place, or the loser that should have been the winner, should have been Wile E. Coyote. He was strapping rockets to his back. He was never as fast as Roll Runner, but in reality, he was the outright winner of all time. I'm still crushed about that. From the texture, you're going to love this one. What's that? Portland Trailblazers against the Lakers game seven years yes. 2000. They were down. Well, actually, Portland was up. I for, I'll never forget this. Portland was up 15 points going into the fourth quarter. Uh -huh. Shaq and Kobe took over. I remember this game. I remember when Kobe threw that alley-oop to Shaq crossed over whoever, threw it up. I ran out into the middle of the street. I was in Long Beach, California. And when I went out there, I was the only one out running in the streets. That was a great game, unless you're a Portland fan. Beyond Portland, no one has gotten snubbed worse than the Sacramento Kings. But I'm going to give you the real answer, Robert. Number one, and the eternal answer to this question for the I-9 varsity of losers who deserve to win Morris Day in the Battle of the Bands oh. in Purple Rain. <laughs> the biggest snub, the biggest snub in the history of the world. Morris Day mopped the floor with Prince. Prince was a nobody. Just because you hump the stage, <laughs> just because you hump the stage, and whoever's calling. I know we have a caller. I will yeah. get you on the break. <laughs> yes, call back during the break. Yes. My rant's not over. Just because you're humping the stage, Prince, and you're yelling bloody murder into a microphone, that doesn't mean you win the competition. Morris Day should have had a unanimous win in the Battle of the Bands in Purple Rain. He mopped the floor with you. Everybody in the crowd knew Morris Day won that. Everybody in the city of Minneapolis, in the state of Minnesota, knew that Morris Day won that battle. He is the better musician on the long haul. I'm kidding. That's not true. But in the Battle of the Bands... Morris Day beat Prince, and it was not even close. That's the biggest yes. in the history of any competition in the history of the world. Put some respect on Morris Day's name. Yes, I agree. All right, whatever caller we miss, go ahead and call back. Uh, when we get back, it's probably going to have a caller and or we're talking about MJ making it rain 10 milli on some kids who need some help. You're listening to Two Men On, 95.9 FM, AM 610, The Sports animal.
Well, that was kind of a perfectly timed teaser. You know, sound off at 505-246-0610. Welcome back to Two Men On. 95.9 FM AM 610, the sports animal. The aforementioned hotline is hot right now, and we got Adrian with us. What's happening, my guy? Uh, Not much. What's on Um, your mind, Adrian? So um, I was just going to give a take on uh, a team that I never thought should have lost but ended up losing. Okay. And um, that was the UNLV team from 91. Oh, Um, oh, you just hurt my childhood again. (laughs) And and that one destroyed me because I I was really looking forward to that uh, back-to-back. That is a hot take, and I love it. That team seemed undefeated. I didn't even know where Nevada was. I didn't know what Las Vegas was when I was a kid, but I knew that the UNLV Running Rebels basketball team, what is that, 91? I would have been right. 9 or 10 years old. I knew they were the absolute jam. Well, yeah, especially after they just ran them off the court the year before. So that that was mine. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a real good one. I that That one broke my heart because – I was a kid, real impressionable, and that UNLV team was the first cool team that I saw in college. Right. They were, they were cool. Like, they looked cool. They looked unbeatable. And for them to lose to Duke of all teams, that crushed me. Adrian, while I got you on, do you think Jalen Hurts should have won the MVP in a losing effort? Oh, did we lose him? Must have lost him. We must have lost him. All right, him. thanks for the yep. call, Adrian. I'll I'll answer your question. Yes, he should have won the MVP in a losing effort. Even though it would be super weird. It's like, hey, um, I know we just broke up, but would you like to come to my wedding? (laughs) (laughs) Who does that? Losers who should have won all of my exes, to be honest. Oh, no. For real? Yeah. Oh, they, 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 do they think that would like make you sad or something somebody told me recently i think we brought this up on the program not too long ago but if you date me the next person you date after me will be the love of your life there are so many long-term relationships so many marriages for people after they dated me my thing is if you want someone back take a picture with me (laughs) you will definitely get the one that you wanted back he they will be in contact with you very quickly (laughs) Let's take a picture, put it on social media, and they will be right there. Michael Jordan made it rain yesterday, and not like he normally does in a casino. He did it to help a bunch of children's, Robert. Aw. Michael Jordan, to celebrate 60th birthday, dropped 10 milli on the Make-A-Wish Foundation. It's an organization that he's been involved with since 1989. He's done tons of wishes. He's donated lots of money. But uh, in honor of his 60th birthday, made it rain 10 milli on the Make-A-Wish. That's how you do it. That's how you do it. And you know how bad he wants to be the GOAT? He's the GOAT of Make-A-Wish donations (laughs) because 10 million is the biggest donation in the history of Make-A-Wish. Really? Okay, so John Cena has done the most Make-A-Wish appearances, but Correct. Michael Jordan has given the most money. Yeah. Wow. He ain't trying to grant no wishes. He'll just give you some money. He's just like, hey, yeah. do what you got to do with it. 
Is your wish to have $10 million? Michael Jordan just granted your wish. That's that's the equivalent of 30 pair of Jordans. <laughs> uh, is this the next thing to be auctioned off? Like the $10 million donation? Oh, check? my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Anything of, Jordan touches. Of no value whatsoever. Just the, the ridiculously large $10 million check that he gave to make a wish. Okay. I don't want to be this person, but this always happens when someone who has a lot of money um, donates money. Uh huh. It's pay- basically the pocket watch, and you're like, ten million to Michael Jordan is like five dollars to us. Yeah. But do, also- you, do you do that, or no. do you? You don't do that in this situation. No. Not at all. No. Only time I do that is when it's it's how much you, taxes you paid. Yeah. Yeah. If you're a billionaire and you pay like eight million in taxes, you're like, huh, look what I did for the government. I paid eight million in taxes. Actually, you should have paid two hundred fifty million. You shyster. I like what the spokesman said for Make-A-Wish. They said the hope is for the record-setting donation to inspire others to be like Mike by helping make more wishes possible. That means all you rich people that are sitting on your wallets, you need to be like Mike and do this as well. Challenge accepted. So does does LeBron be petty and donate $10 million and one cent? Or... or (laughs) Scotty Pippen donates thirty-seven bucks. Oh, yes. <laughs> no, thirty-three dollars. That's that's 33. his jersey number. <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, I love this stuff, man. Give me all the good stories you yeah. got. It seems like the headlines that we have to cover on this program and that we're seeing all over the internet. It's always bad news after bad news after bad news. Give me more stories like this. Give me more athletes and sports-adjacent people helping the community. Right. And actually, this story is not about Michael Jordan. It's about all the children that he's helped out and and the actual Make-A-Wish Foundation. So that's what it's really about. All right. Who's next man up? Who's going to outdo MJ? That's the the real question. Jay-Z? Ooh. Ooh. I was thinking somebody like, what's Magic Johnson doing? Yeah. Magic got the coins. He's got the billies. Shout out to friend of the show, Joel. He says, Scotty, Scotty Pippen matches his alimony checks as a donation. That's good. <laughs> Excuse me. I think my crack cocaine cold medication is starting to wear off. I'm sneezing again. I'm sniffling again. <laughs> Need another dose, man. Starting to wear off. He's chased the cold dragon. I mean, what? That's it's a good question for me is whether you want to top MJ or you go right below MJ. You do you do all nines. Now, if you, you let MJ be the goat, nah, there's no such thing because he wouldn't let you. You gotta be over Michael Jordan. Anything like if I have my name above Michael Jordan in anything, it's a win. Can't do it in basketball. You gotta do it in somewhere else. That's an excellent point. <laughs> I got to beat him at something. LeBron tried to do it with Space Jam. Nah. He failed. Man. I couldn't even finish that movie. No, that was horrible. I was, and I was rooting for the guy. You know, I'm, you know, this is a LeBron house here. We love LeBron and what he does for the community. Not what he does for the movie. Industry. Yeah, that was horrible. Oof. Did you watch the house party? Nope, I refuse to. <laughs> okay, because Space, no. Space Jam, 
Space Jam was so bad, you refused to watch House Party? I'm not watching that. God, that's funny. It's blasphemy. That is so funny. Hey, friend of the show, we got a little a surprise for you. The boys were confused. They thought they were going to be off at 6 and pass it over to J.J. Buck and the Lady Lobos. But you got another two segments of the boys. Hey. We're on till 6.30, and then I promise you get your dose of Lady Lobos. Two hours in the books, two segments to go. You're listening to Two Men On, 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports animal. Welcome back, Burke. You're listening to Two Men On, 95.9 FM, AM 610, the sports animal. I think I'm going to wake up back to normal, Robert. What do you mean? I feel like it's all out of my system. The Super Bowl flu. And look, there's a really good chance I might have caught a bug last day there, maybe first day here, out running errands. There's a good chance that, like, I did so much damage to my body. The eight and a half, nine days we're at Phoenix, Arizona for Super Bowl 57. There's a good chance that I did so much damage that my body was just like, hey, look, bro, stay in bed for 36 hours. Yeah, chill out. You got some catching up to do. Also, and what I think the likely culprit of this whole situation is, is Warren Moon. (laughs) So when I insulted Warren Moon and, uh, you know, completely evened out our insult fest round three next year in Vegas, when I asked Warren Moon to take a picture of us on the red carpet and I acted like I didn't know who he was, he took offense to that. Okay. And he knows some kind of, like, New Orleans voodoo or some Haitian witch or something, mm-hmm. create some uh, sniffle powder, and then was at, the, <laughs> was at the Lee Steinberg party, kind of just like had it in his palm when I was walking by and just <sighs> put it into the air, and I got a couple crystals in my nostrils. <laughs> 48 hours later, took you down. I'm laid up. <laughs> took you down. So I don't think it's actually catching a virus. I don't think it's actually all the damage that I did to my body. It's obviously Warren Moon. That's who it is. Yes. So Warren Moon, first you insult the eight-year-old child that was Van Nunley growing up in Houston, Texas. Then you refuse to kindly take our picture on the red carpet, which I knew was a dig and you still refuse to do it. Mm -hmm. And then you use your voodoo magic to get me sick right when I get back into town. Round three, we got to step it up against my nemesis, Warren Moon. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of the nemesis, the Lakers have no nemesis for the last two games. (laughs) Oh, gosh. You said it like that. It was really doing something. (laughs) Uh, Congratulations, Lakers. Uh, You played a really good game yesterday. You're giving your fan base some false promise. Um. Do you like the new makeup of your Lakers with Hashimura and Russell? Do you think that's enough to get them over the hump? No. No. Did you see what Phoenix did? They got KD. Well, hold on. Let's not talk about Phoenix yet. <laughs> Jeez. It's, I don't even know why we're talking about the Lakers. Not even fair. The Lakers just made these little moves. They keep changing the team, thinking it's going to make them better. We got to get LeBron in the playoffs. And they're sacrificing a lot of things. And you just can't throw players together. This isn't, this isn't 2K. 
We just pick up guys and be like, okay, they're going to be good. When you wasn't good in the first place. You're not wrong. But I think basically, okay, Russell Westbrook's a horrible example. LeBron James can make anybody better. I don't I don't think that stands. So that, I, think, I don't think that stands anymore. Hachimura and Russell, like I think he could elevate both of their play. Go on a little streak here. I mean, as long as AD stays healthy, sneak into the playoffs, win a couple rounds. No. Maybe, no. maybe some magic can happen. <laughs> but I can see the Lakers sneaking in the playoffs. No. Upsetting a Nuggets team upsetting a Grizzlies team. Look, friend of the show, Kenny Thomas and his Sacramento Kings, they're a little suspect. I don't see how they got a three seed. I see the Lakers being able to go on a run. Look, in between the 13th seed right now, the L.A. Lakers, and the sixth seed, Minnesota Timberwolves, they can jump. From thirteen to six, stop it's it. only it's only a three and a half game difference. Stop Robert. it! It is only a three and a half game difference. We have a great caller. Lenny is on the line. Oh, Lenny, my dude, hit us with your hottest of hot takes, my friend. This is the countdown to AD getting traded. I agree. From the Lakers, I agree. He's gone because LeBron at thirty-eight. Shouldn't be doing 38 minutes a game to carry. I can't get off the bench to watch you break the record for scoring AD. Did you see that video? I did. I saw it. That was the most, that was the worst response I've seen for somebody watching their own player break a once in a generational record. In his defense, he was upset they were losing. And also in his defense, in his, it was the I Lakers. I don't care if he's losing. You've been losing all season because your ass can't get off the bench and out of the medical chair. <laughs> well, I mean, they're the Lakers. They're used to Kobe putting up 80 and losing. Nah. I understand that. But you have a 38-year-old man averaging some of the best stats of his career, breaking a record from 1975. Yeah. Le- oh, whenever, you know. Lenny, I mean, Lenny, Lenny, let me ask you a question. Do you think LeBron should mm-hmm. take some type of responsibility for the Lakers being what they are now with the moves? One, one, 190%. That, that's where <laughs> I stand. The only thing worse as LeBron as an AD, as a GM, Space Jam too. is Josh McDaniel pretending he's a coach. <laughs> okay. <laughs> hard segue, but I like it. No, no, no. It's a hard segue because LeBron made up the team to his liking. Yes. And you brought in Russell. I haven't found a basket. I didn't like to shoot at Westbrook. Yes. You got, and it, it, He got rid of all of those players. Up, the only thing that's worse than this is that the Nets have had the capability of two times in eight years putting a trio of players and greats together and imploding on the spot. Otherwise, the Lakers are a bigger story if KD doesn't get traded last week to Phoenix. Bigger than right da- now, bigger than Dallas. Key, I would take over Ben Simmons in a basketball game. <laughs> you better take it. <laughs> At least I can hit a shot. Okay. <laughs> the only thing Buck G, the only thing that Simmons can do is fall through a basket, and that's only <laughs> if he's on a ladder. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there is a negative trait. You would have to attach three 
of the four number ones you got for Durant mm-hmm. for somebody to take that contract that Simmons has. Very true. It's awful. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's home. But I'm heading to Vegas. I'm going to give you some prop bets I'm making tomorrow. Ooh, okay. Tom Brady only lasts two years in the Fox booth and gets fired. Oh, that's a good one. All right. Or You're Tom this Brady never gets into the Fox booth in 2024 because Fox, realizing now that they got an ace in the hole with Burkhart and Greg Olson, why do you want to pay Brady all that money? Mm. They they want to give Brady a shot, but they're worried because his face keeps getting skinnier okay. and skinnier, and it's going to implode okay. and fold in on itself. Okay, okay. Name one analyst in pro sports that you turn the TV on for instead of for the game. Uh, he passed away last year, Vin Scully. Besides him. In, in football, name one person Not, you go, I don't care that the Jets are playing the Cleveland Browns. I true. want to hear so-and-so. Un- unpopular opinion, I love the Nickelodeon games. I think it's so much more fun. Okay. Yes, and I've and I've actually had the displeasure of being, had that jumped on me at Team the Coliseum when they used to bring those shows in. Oh, that's so cool. Yes, but seriously, Audra, you think Brady is worth $38 million a year as an analyst? Oh, God, of course not. They have to balance all that out with corporate sponsorship after corporate sponsorship to make that money back. Well, this is what they're going to do. They're going to pimp him out and go, you want to go play golf with Brady? Oh, you yes. Know, I need that corporate yes. money. Yeah, yeah. Yes. You know, you want to go do this? You know, that's what they're going to have to do to make that money back. Otherwise, they're going to lose a lot of money on a 10-year Guaranteed deal. So I have no idea what thinking, but Greg Olson, by Brady not coming in next year, got a $7 million pay bump for next season. He did fantastic. And then the last the thing, all kidding aside, why isn't Eric Bieniemy getting a job? Yes. He has to now go interview with the commanders. That's crazy. To be OC again. Just to prove he can call plays. That's crazy. This man has the best resume for a five-year offensive coordinator. Sure. And now you're going to go from the Chiefs to the wormhole and the nightmare (laughs) of Daniel Schneider? Don't. Please don't, Eric. He's just waiting in the wings to take over for Andy Reid. But he's interviewing with him. He's interviewing with him. Or was supposed to be, or tomorrow. So I have no idea what he's doing or why. But unless he has no clue on calling plays and he's just a figurehead as an offensive coordinator, he should have a job already. Yeah, I agree. Agree completely. So get him out of my get him out of my division. <laughs> I, mean, is it, I mean, is it the Rooney Rule? I mean, because seriously, all joking aside, the only team that's fired ever than their own coaches. Is Houston. Yeah. But Houston is where you go to die in yes. your career <laughs> exactly. until Lovey Smith comes and ruins your draft stock. God, that dude's a legend. That's so funny. So the only thing, you know, all joking aside, those are my bets. I don't think he's going to do it. Oh, and I'm going to make one other bet tomorrow. John Jones gets stopped in round three Ooh. in his heavyweight championship fight oh. against Cyril Garnett. Oh, that's a good one. 
Is John Bones Jones fighting John Bones Jones? Because that's the only dude he's ever lost to. Well, he's fighting Cyril Garnet, whose only loss is a five-round unanimous decision to Nagano. And when you're going from 205 and you have to bulk up to 265 and you haven't fought in two and a half years except with your ex-wife. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> Lenny, one more. I got question, question of the day for you. Okay. Should Jalen Hurts have won the MVP in a losing effort? Yes. There it is. It's unanimous all day he except had, for one guy. Why do you have to why do you have to win to be the MVP? He doesn't have to go out on I mean, stage, right? right? You could just give it to him I in mean, another part of the stadium. Right, but Okay, uh, he had four touchdowns and 380 total yards. Yes. What more does the man need to prove on what kind of quarterback he is? Sure. Very true. You know, May Holmes is great, you know, and just by one little bad call on a holding penalty that didn't affect Juju's running ability or his ability to not catch a pass all season. Nice. So, and then you got to go see Ant-Man and the Wasp. We'll leave it like that. Yes. Oh, 100%. Let's and talk let, about that let, on Monday. And let the, Kang, let the Kang games begin. I think I'm going to do Sunday and Buck, night. Yes. And then, Buck, I will see you up at Revel in a few weeks. Yes. Nice. Jokes and jams. It's going to be a good time. Trust me. Uh, hopefully you'll have some hecklers in the crowd so I can go off on them. Uh, uh, no, you, no, you won't need to. Trust oh, me. Oh, That's oh, my oh. fuel. I love that. <laughs> I know, but I, I like doing that too. Yeah. You, know, you could just have me out as a plant. Yeah. <laughs> Lenny, always you know, you bringing all have the a good heat. Weekend. And uh, thanks for uh, letting me get on, and we'll talk on uh, Monday. Absolutely. Ant Man and the Wasp talk this coming Monday. Lenny, you always bring the heat. Thanks for the call. Thanks for being a friend of the show. When we get back, one more segment before we pass it on over to the Lady Lobos and J.J. Buck. You're listening to Two Men On, 95.9 FM, AM 610, The Sports Animal. Welcome back to the program, Duke City. Bittersweet, as there is only one segment left in the program today. Of course, the program in question is Two Men On. Starring one Fred Slow, not with us today. With us the whole program, though, lucky for you. One Van Nunley, myself. And one Stone Cold Killer across the glass from me right now, Robert Buck D. Gibson. Big event going down in Albuquerque tomorrow. Less than 24 hours away, Robert. Yeah. 23 hours and 40 minutes. As Knucklemania 3 <laughs> comes into town at the Tingly Coliseum. It's a lot of buzz around the city about this uh, event. Dude, I'm so stoked. New Mexico legends Austin Trout, Diego Sanchez. Yeah, that's go- Oh, man, that's going to be a war. Hopefully. Bonkers. Hopefully championship bout we were talking we met some new friends oh by the way let's preview a segment tomorrow yeah tomorrow like we we love we love meeting new friends it's one of our top five favorite things that we do we can't talk about two of them because of statues of limitations (laughs) 
Well, we love meeting new friends, and we met a new friend in Phoenix at the Super Bowl. And not only is he he covers bare knuckle fighting, he's also the pizza diet guy. So we got Matthew McClellan with us, and we'll give you all of his information tomorrow because I think he's going to join us for more than one segment as we have to talk about his all-pizza diet, Mm -hmm. and we have to talk some bare-knuckle fighting, obviously, tomorrow. But he'll be with us in studio with pizza and bare-knuckles? I guess. I hope. I guess. Okay. So I got a new favorite athlete. Daniel Mason Van Sickle, Robert. Now, what? Obviously, your follow-up question is, hey, Van, who (laughs) is Daniel Mason Van Sickle? And I don't mind telling you. I just found him just now. He is going to be fighting tomorrow at Knuckle Mania 3. And by the way, this is a way more profitable Knuckle Mania than the one that I hosted like 20 years ago. (laughs) Daniel Mason, Van Sickle. You know I root for anybody with Van in their name. Van, I know. I know duh. that. Duh. duh. Yeah, that's but that's also, a common denominator. Also, I got to see him in person, but I think he's got some ginger tendencies too. And let me tell you what really sold me. I believe he's fighting out of New Mexico. I'm sure the text message is about to start blowing up from people who know way more than I do. But this is an undercard, and I don't know anything about it, so let's just wait till tomorrow until mm-hmm. we do our actual preview. Okay. On all the pictures on all the fight websites, he's got a ginger beard and what I th- I think is like a bun with like ginger dreadlocks. But there's another website that's previewing the fight against Gaston Reno, mm. a.k.a. Tonga. Could be Gaston. I don't know. Gaston Reno. Nobody <laughs> punches like Gaston. But Daniel Mason Van Sickle's picture. On uh, where am I looking at? Tapology.com mm-hmm. is legit a picture of Chuck Norris wielding two Uzis. This is my guy. I got this, a new favorite. This is right up your alley. I got to reach out to Daniel Mason Van Sickle, get him on the program. Because after, of course, Sebastian, the Swedish street ball forcing, he might be my new favorite athlete. Well, his, t- his tats are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> That's wild. That's crazy. Uh, oh, is that an owl? Yeah, That's see what I'm saying? Owl it's across his chest. A big old owl with gold eyes. And if you're listening right now, Daniel Mason Van Sickle, we are not poking fun. No, sir. Not at all. Because all 5'6", 155 of you will beat the hell out of both of us. Mm-hmm. At the same time. The same. Oh, yeah, definitely same time. That's what I was inferring. <laughs> Now we are a short 23 hours and 36 minutes away from Knuckle Mania 3 tomorrow night at Tingley Coliseum. You going to go with us? No, I can't. You're double booked, aren't you? Yeah. I'm going to go. I don't know if I can watch the whole thing. When, when we were, someone was like, yo, it's Saturday. I was like, no, it's not. Yeah. It's Friday. Friday. Tomorrow. What do you got going on tomorrow? Tomorrow is a special edition of the BS show. Ooh. We had to do it because we've, we've, it's coming up on a month. I've been busy every Tuesday. So we had to do something. We, can't, gotta, we can't do that. You got a lot to catch up on. Yeah, exactly. So it's it a good time. 
Hell of a program today. Thank you, as always, to owner-operator and head trainer at Evolve Strong, CJ Chavez. I mean, he's just a dude. Does he make you want to get out of your chair? And oh, my goodness. Just hearing him, and then when you put the, the face and the body to the voice, it's like, yeah, uh-huh. I'm, I'm doing nothing with my life. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thanks to the callers and texters. Like, you guys killed it. Friend of the show, Joel. Uh, on the texture, like all these unnamed numbers on the texture with your yeah. hot takes. We appreciate your input, and we appreciate you making fun of me because I almost always deserve it. Thank you to all the callers as well. And also, like we, I mean, I don't go up on the mountain and fix the FM transmitter, but you can get us at 610 AM. You can get us at talkabq.com. You can get us on the TuneIn app. You can get us on the KNML app. You can get us, like, I know your grandma knows some way to do some cool carrier, <laughs> like carrier pigeons. Stuff. Yeah. Have her carrier pigeon fly into our studio. I will write jokes for your grandmother. Thanks to the callers, Vince, Adrian, Hawk, and Lenny. You guys kill it as usual. Uh, got a great program for you tomorrow. Uh, like I said, Matthew McKellen, the pizza diet guy, and uh, bare knuckle fighting championship. Um, enthusiast really is going to be with us i'm really excited for that one a lot of other great callers and guests coming your way tomorrow Uh, anything to preview over the weekend robert no nothing much we got about 10 seconds to go all right see you on the opening drive monday morning with jeff jj and a marie have a great weekend burke we out we out